will. Just start, just punch the paper a couple of times. Just for, yep. just for good measure. Yeah. Solid plan. Solid plan. All right, here uh, we go. <clears throat> What's up, everybody? And welcome back to Every Single Movie, the show where we go back to movies new and old, and, uh, and we try to watch all of them that are in a series, because... That's what we're doing here. Uh, my name is John Paul Kilcrease. Joining me this week is my great friend, Lucas Lawrence. Hey, thanks for having me back. Oh, you know what's up, man. You know what's up. We're working our way through every single Spider-Man movie, or at least every Woo! single uh, mainline Spider-Man movie. Uh, last week was our very first episode. We had uh, the first in the, the uh, Spider-Man Sam Raimi trilogy. This week, we have Spider-Man 2. Released in 2004, uh, this movie had a budget of $200 million and raked in 783 at the box office uh, and is considered by many to be the best Spider-Man movie uh, and certainly the best of the Sam Raimi trilogy. Is it? Well, that's what we're here to talk about and figure out together. Uh, awesome. We're going to jump straight into the movie, I think. Uh we're trying something a little bit different than last week. Last week we went really in depth to the plot. Sorry, in there. I I know words. Uh, we went really in depth into the plot uh, and kind of broke everything down point by point. Uh, this time I think we're gonna take a little bit larger kind of kind of ten thousand feet approach to the plot. That way we have more time to dive into discussion and things like that. Just so you all know. Uh, cool. All right. So Lucas, are you ready, man? I'm ready, man. Let's do this. All right, let's do this. So, uh, we open up in Spider-Man 2. We have more opening credits for another five minutes, just like the first movie. And these ones don't spoil as much, I don't think, as, as the first ones did. But still, we jump into those. Uh, it takes us oh, a yeah, few wait, can I? By the way, can I just point out, I, I counted this time, right? Because they were so long. I, yeah. I've got, I've got my here notes here. I'm, I'm ready. It was exactly... Three minutes of opening Holy credits. Holy crap. Three minutes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's insane. Three minutes of opening credits. Like, why, though? Why? Because, I don't know. man, you got to get that watch time. got to get that ad revenue. Like, did people used to pay attention to I'm, – I'm sorry. I know we're spending, like, two minutes on the opening credits, which is just making them worse. But, like, did, did people – right into us. Did people – did you guys actually read, like, opening credits – like, was that the thought? Is like, people don't stick around at the end of the movie, but they definitely pay attention to opening credits. I don't think that's how that works, but maybe that was the thought process. I think I'd be more inclined to pay attention to opening credits if I were in a theater, but, you know, I was streaming it, so, uh, yeah. I didn't that's a that fair point, attention. actually. Maybe, if, maybe if, if they have you as a captive audience, you really have no choice, but, you know. There were about a billion yeah. things for us to get distracted by. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, in any case, once we get past that three-minute banger of an opening, uh, we jump straight into more voiceover. Always a wonderful tool to be used in filmmaking. It's not too bad, though. Uh, sets up the movie. Um, and we find out later that this happens about two years after the end of the first Spider-Man movie. Uh, camera pans down, and we see uh, Mary Jane's face on a billboard for perfume. And the CGI on the billboard looks terrible. Like, they clearly just placed the image on top of a billboard that had a different image, and it, it it's very noticeable. It was very distracting to me. I don't know. It wasn't a great opening for me. Uh, we, we jump into uh, what has become one of the most memed scenes as of late. I actually forgot. Yes. So many memes are in this movie now. Yes. Like relative, I mean, like th this is gonna date this episode so badly, and I'm not saying these are necessarily relevant anymore. Uh, but both the pizza time meme and the <laughs> carefully he carefully he's a hero meme are both from this movie. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> and it was, but the, I for, I totally I for, for some reason I thought pizza time was uh, Spider Man three, but it was totally this episode, and it's it a was fun, so good. It was great. It was a really fun opening. Oh yeah. Uh, definitely. I, I will say, I have one question about that scene. Yes. So Peter is late delivering these pizzas to this place. How did he get in that broom closet in the Spider-Man suit with the pizzas and then get out of it as Peter Parker with the pizzas without the girl at the desk noticing? I literally have that exact same note 
written down. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, no, that like that was my thought too. Though is I mean it's it's a funny scene and and the the other thing I noticed about this movie is there's a lot more I say a lot more. This isn't a particularly funny movie like the first one wasn't like really funny either. Uh, but there's a lot more comedy in this one relative, and it's a funny scene. But I'm definitely like because she's like staring at him like what are you doing? But I'm like there there was one way to get into that janitor closet. Well, you Did have you to not walk see past the front run desk. In there? Right, <laughs> you just see Spider Man zoom by, and then this <laughs> dorky pizza delivery kid walks out of the closet, and you're just like, "Yeah, this makes perfect sense." <laughs> just like, just give me the pizza, kid. <laughs> no, I I agree. That was a little bit weird at first, but uh, you know, it, it was funny, uh, and they just kind of went with it. But but definitely weird, definitely weird. Uh, we th- but this really does set up kind of the tone for the whole film, and I think it does a really good job of it, um, is kind of this this juxtaposition between Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Because in the middle of him delivering these pizzas, he gets to be Spider-Man, right? And he gets to save the day. Yeah. And, they, you know, and he gets to, you know, say the cool line, and the kids are like, oh, my gosh, it's Spider-Man, you know? and <laughs> I like how the kids called him Mr. Spider-Man. <laughs> Mr. Spider-Man, yes. It's beautiful. Like, no, it's just, like, I, uh, please, Mr. Spider-Man was my father. Call me Spider-Man. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I thought that was cute. And that's exactly it, though, right? Like, people respect him when he's Spider-Man. People appreciate him when he's Spider-Man. And Peter Parker is, like, a flat-out loser. Uh, as the plot progresses, we kind of see him at college and stuff like that. And we find out he's, you know, failing all of these classes. Um, people, his relationships are, are failing. Uh, we we kind of see later on um, the this kind of Harry Osborn and Peter are are there's this rift growing between them as Harry because Harry kind of I mean, correct me if I'm wrong but I'm understanding Harry's got this bitterness that's developing in him after the death of his father. Yes, exactly. And the the thing is that Harry is Harry is mad at Peter because Peter has like said that he's kind of friends with Spider-Man. That's why he can take pictures of him. And so Harry wants to kill Spider-Man to avenge his, to avenge his father's death. And uh, Peter, you know, won't tell him anything about Spider-Man. So it's, it's just a whole, the whole thing's a mess. Right. No, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I don't know. I think it's interesting just between that relationship and then obviously his relationship with MJ, which we learned after the first movie, he's kind of made the decision that he can't be with her. But we also see him struggle with that because he very much loves Mary Jane, uh, but but kind of has to keep her at arm's length, which, again, is is hurting their relationship. And we also see that uh, we, we kind of see the after effects of Uncle Ben dying as we see Aunt May is we, we, we see a lot of loneliness develop in her, which I, I actually had forgotten. Uh, it's been probably 10 years since I've seen this movie. And so it was interesting because I think sometimes in superhero movies that I've noticed, uh, sometimes things can happen in one movie and then they get a, they get kind of brushed over in the next. But this movie very much dealt with the aftermath of the first movie head on, which I, I think is rare in a lot of cases. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're absolutely right. Which, which I thought was interesting. I thought was interesting. Uh, we see Aunt May, after he goes back to Aunt May's house, again, she's she's got this loneliness to live inside of her, um, and she is broke. Like, she's going to lose the house. She's so broke. Um, and so, as... Uh, and I think that's that's also the when we kind of realize, oh, it's been it's been a couple of years. Uh, but but in between kind of the his relationships starting to, to be strained, uh, we, we see that he's also bearing the weight of both uncle ben's death and norman osborne's death and kind of having to try to work through that which obviously mm-hmm. we don't really see him work through him we see him mostly just trying to ignore it kind of a thing uh and, and we see it's also interesting because we see mj like is like her dreams are coming true kind of a thing right she's an actress she you know people love her she uh, throughout the movie you just see her face on like every wall all these things and peter is is the loser right he's lonely he's he's not doing well and things like that anyway sorry not to keep harping on this but this is it comes back this is just such a central theme of the movie um time goes on eventually he's talking with his professor and for a research project he's doing he ends up meeting with a doctor namely dr octavius uh who or otto octavius i should say 
mm-hmm. which is just a wonderful comic book name. I love it so much. It's it is very perfect, and I I love that uh, we later in the movie. Uh, we find out that J. Jonah Jameson would be excellent at Cinema Sins because he points out the very fact that Doc Ock is actually a really great name. Yeah, exactly. What are the odds? Guy with eight legs named Ock. Doc Ock. Or named named Octavius. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yes. No, 100% though. Um, and and as, we, as we get to know uh, uh, Dr. Octavius, which I think is really good, I have to say. Let me, let me just say this now. Dr. Octavius is a fantastic villain. Uh, I think he epitomizes what I wish more superhero villains were in a lot of ways. Uh, he's got just such a good backstory. They set it up really well where you really do like him. You like his wife. Like, he's a he's a good guy. He's not perfect. He has flaws. And those are made apparent kind of from the get-go uh, and obviously are, are more pronounced later on. But he is a truly good person that wants to do good things. And, and again, it, it sets up really well for later on. So um, after he meets with him, he's like, basically Dr. Octavius is like, hey, I'm going to try to do uh, uh, this fusion power project with nuclear fusion. And let me just say this, first of all, why are you testing nuclear fusion in a, like an uncontained environment? And in your home. This doesn't make sense. Like, nuclear... I understand that <laughs> nuclear fusion is not the same as nuclear fission, right? I get it. But, like, yeah. that still makes no sense where you just be like, yes, this is a this smart idea. This is a idea. good spot in the middle of New York City. This right. is a good place to do this. Exactly. And it's kind of... It's almost, like, the dumb stuff that this movie does really poorly at. Like, like most superhero movies kind of do it in such a way that you can ignore it. But this one is just, like... You're like... It's almost distracting how dumb some of the plot points are, and thankfully they don't dwell too too long on them. But some of the stuff you're like, I, th- this this it's stuff like the nuclear fusion and things like that that I don't think have aged quite as well uh, yeah. as as other aspects of the movie, both the visual effects for them and just them as plot devices, kind of a thing. But it's not too bad again because the the main focus of the film is on the characters. And again, uh, as as things kind of go on, obviously. The demonstration happens. He tries nuclear fusion, and what do you know? Everything goes wrong, and the uh, the arms that are strapped to his back uh, kind of go. Th- things go crazy. Things go poorly. Uh, and the next time we see him, he wakes up in a an operation room, and they're basically they're trying to to take his arms off because they've melded with his spine. So the only thing they can do to him is try to cut him off. And, the, okay, I want to know what you thought about this scene. Because this scene was, Which like, uh, the uh, in the operation room. So this is okay, after, he, one. Yeah, after yeah. everything's kind of gotten wrecked and he went unconscious and they've taken him back to try to help him at the, the operation room. Yeah. Uh, well, one of the scariest scenes in a uh, superhero movie. Holy I cow. Say. I didn't – and I, I'm pretty sure – because I watched this movie when I was pretty little – I don't think I got to see this mo- this scene when I was little. I think my parents skipped the scene because I, I am a grown man and I was legitimately terrified <laughs> at this scene. I was like, holy cow, he's straight up like we're watching these people get murdered. Yeah, we are watching these mechanical AI arms just just uh, smash people. It like it, it was straight up, it, and it was filmed like a horror movie, like almost like a B-rated horror movie. The way like the camera zooms were and yeah, stuff like and that. Like the, the lady's fingernails. On oh the my floor gosh! Are like it was making little slivers. I was like, "What the heck?" And I yeah. was like, "Wait," because I'm so used to like something like that starting to happen, and then you just the camera jumps to outside the window, and you would see like silhouettes or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. But I was like, "No, we're like actually gonna watch these people die in like as much as PG-13 will allow us to." I was like, "What the heck?" Yeah, that was uh, that was really something. And then we get like immediately after this, you know, uh, Doc Ock wakes up and he we get a Darth Vader. No. Yes, yes, and I, that's literally what it felt like. And this was this was just months before uh, Revenge of the Sith came out. Oh wow! I never put. I never thought of that. Which is crazy because, like, uh, it's just funny oh. to me that, like, two movies right in a row had – because it's the same scene. Like, almost it really exactly. Is. It's this hero that's turned into a villain. Then they have the exact same line, and it sounds exactly the same. And it makes me laugh. Yep. It was funny. Uh, yeah, no. And, and again, it, it, it kind of signals this transformation from him as a good guy 
to him as a villain, which we see him wrestle with it a little bit more as time goes on. Um, but yeah, um, before this point though, um, I believe this was, ju- uh, yeah, I believe this was a little bit before this point. Uh, I, I thought this was interesting and maybe I'm reading way too much into this, but there's a scene where, uh, where Peter Parker is doing his laundry and we, he's trying, he's washing his like <laughs> socks and stuff. It's white yeah. and he leaves something red in there uh, and he pulls everything out and it's all become pink and it's ruined it all. And I, I think that that perfectly and I, that's why i think this was on purpose it perfectly parallels the fact that spider-man is ruining peter parker's life yeah uh, that's uh, that's a really good point and that is something that the whole movie kind of explores is that like all of these good things kind of could be happening to peter if he wasn't spider-man but then at the same time like those things wouldn't happen be, be if he wasn't spider-man and it's just it's a really interesting thing of following him trying to decide like you know, who am I, who am I going to be? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and then again, like you're saying, that's the, that's the central theme of the movie. And, uh, I, I think this movie just does a really good job in the first probably hour or so, just kind of slowly setting this up for, for what it ends up becoming. Uh, let's see. I'm going to try to move a little bit more quickly through this as we go on. Cause basically there ends up being a lot of back and forth as Peter, kind of realizes that he's just doing an absolutely terrible job of balancing these two lives that he's trying to lead. Um, he, uh, he ends up having uh, an altercation with Doc Ock as Doc Ock tries to break into the bank and steal some money. Uh, Peter and Aunt May are there, and Peter, you know, quote-unquote, runs away, and then Spider-Man comes swinging in to save the day. And I actually have to say, uh, the action sequences in this movie I thought were much better than the Green Goblin. Actually, they were from the way first one. better. Uh, I was actually impressed. Again, the CGI is still a little rough, but there's much less rubber Spider-Man. Like, yeah. way less. Thankfully. I think I think they had a lot more money with this one. Uh, and also, like, I, uh, Doc Ock, from a, like, this is dumb, but like a fighting aspect, like, his arms are cool. Like they can they really are the way they can they, the way they look throwing things and climbing on things and stuff like it, it honestly works really well. Yeah. And it looks uh, like things the CG. There were things about the CGI overall that were just as bad as the first movie. But there were also things that I think were better. Uh, for example, we see at one point uh, when Doc Ock has Aunt May on like the side of the building and he's like crawling around. There is some of it, not all of it, but some of it looks a lot better than the first movie. Hundred percent, yes. Hundred percent, yes. Yeah, I, I, whether they paid people more or whatever team they had, yeah, I, I agree. This, this, especially you know, fifteen years later, it, most of the effects actually hold up fairly well, all things considered. Like to the point where they're not at nearly as distracting. Yes, exactly. Which I think is really good. Uh, not nearly as distracting. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, so yeah, so anyway, they go back and forth and, uh, as time goes on, uh, in, in addition to us kind of seeing Doc Ock slowly descend into more and more madness, uh, we, we see him visit Harry, which again, kind of this estranged relationship between Harry and Peter. Um, but, but Harry largely leading back to the fact that Harry is just consumed by this bitterness he has about his father's death. Um, he, uh he ends up talking with Octavius and Octavius is like, Hey, I need the, uh, I need the stuff. And I don't, whatever the stuff is called. Uh, I think I, I have it somewhere. <laughs> it's the, it's the movie's MacGuffin. It's the MacGuffin. And again, uh, another part of this, that's a, I don't love in superhero movies is the like, Oh no, we need the serum, which it's in like every superhero movie, but still, yeah. uh, and again, it doesn't get in the way of the plot. It's just kind of there. Uh, he needs the stuff. And Harry is like, Hey, bring me Spider-Man alive. And I will bring you, uh, I'll, I'll give you this Triterium stuff. And he says, uh, and basically Octavius is like, hey, how do I find Spider-Man? And Harry goes, talk to Peter Parker. Um, and so, again, uh, kind of further signaling the fact that Harry doesn't really care as much about Peter as he used to. Uh, and so, at the same time, um, we, uh, we, we've seen, and I actually forgot about this, but, but, Throughout the course of the movie, we see Peter or we see Spider-Man slowly start to lose his powers. Um, he starts like not being able to shoot webs. He eventually loses his wall climbing ability, and as as time goes on, he basically stops being able to be Spider-Man. 
Um, and we see that as that happens and as he sees what Spider-Man is doing to his life, he's basically like, I can't be happy and be Spider-Man. So he ultimately makes the decision to stop being Spider-Man. Uh, he starts kind of kind of putting all of his time and effort into being the best Peter Parker he can be. He pulls up his grades in school. Um, you know, he he tries to work on his relationships as much as he can, cleans himself up, all this kind of stuff. But we also see, um, you know, kind of the things around him. We see him, you know, he sees somebody getting beat up in an alleyway. You know, he turns around and walks the other way kind of a thing. Um, eventually, it gets to the point where we uh, we – well, actually, I think this is before he has the, the dream sequence. We see there's a burning building that he walks by, and he hears yes. that somebody needs help in the burning building. Uh, and so he, he kind of, like, he, he starts to turn around, but he ends up mustering up enough courage. He goes into the building, you know, and, and miraculously he's able to, to make it out with the little girl, walks out. You know, he's like, hey, I okay. did it. Oh, yeah, go yeah, ahead. I have, I have a thing about this. Yeah, please, right? go nuts, go I nuts. Have, I have just a thing that I want to... I don't mean to nitpick, but I'm gonna nitpick this. Go for okay. it. Uh, where is that? Let me let me just make sure I got it here, because I know that I wrote it down. Um, okay, with the burning building, yeah. So Peter runs in, and it's this it's this little like four or five year old girl, maybe. Yeah. And like, of course, she's like she's scared, she's crying. So he he's helping her out, and then there's that part where he's about to fall through the floor and grabs the ledge. I I. I'm sorry, but there is no way that little girl can help pull him up. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was just the inspiration that he that she gave to him that that gave him the strength to get back up. I really don't think so. Uh, probably not. No. I really think they were implying that a five year old was helping a grown man up from a hole in the floor of a burning <laughs> building. I mean, you know, that's that's a bit. That's probably fair. That's probably it's, fair. And look, it was a good example of like, oh, look, he's really Peter Parker now because he can't like he can't do all this stuff. And oh, he's vulnerable. But no, that's, it's that's probably a, a weird way to that go about it. Happen. No, it's I agree. Work. I agree. That was a bit strange. That's fair, actually. That's fair. Uh, yeah. So that that whole scene happens, which is a little long. And again, a little weird in places. Uh, eventually, we see the two of them get out the building, and you kind of see like Peter Parker. He's like breathing his oxygen and stuff, and you could tell like he he did it right, and he's proud of himself. He's like, "Hey, I was Peter Parker, but I did the right thing." Uh, and yeah. then we overhear two officers saying, "Oh, the the person on the fourth floor didn't get out," and kind of that wave of realization starts to hit Peter, and he you, we kind of see him like try to ignore it, but it, he realizes like I, even. You know, trying to do good as Peter Parker, I still can't do as much as I could when I was Spider-Man. But he kind of try. We see him try to push that down, and I, I think it's right after this. If, if I remember correctly, it's right after this scene that he has that weird. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he has that weird dream where he's back in the car with Ben Parker, and Ben's like, you know, reminds him, "Hey, with great power comes great responsibility." And basically, Peter's like, "But I, I can't be happy and be Spider-Man." Is basically kind of what he comes away with. Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. That's uh, <laughs> that was a it was a good idea for a scene, but it was just some of that was strange. Uh, but like at the end of the dream sequence, he's like, "Yeah, I'm Spider-Man, no more." And it was like that was that was a very I think that was a good line in the movie. That was fantastic it line. Was, uh, it was, and is is that the name of a comic series? I think it might be. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that. Let's see. Oh yeah, it's it's oh the, it's the cover from one of the Spider-Man comics. Yeah, it's it, the Amazing Spider-Man number fifty, I believe, and it says Spider-Man No More. Oh yes, yeah. I actually wondered because it sounded like a, it sounded like the title of a comic. Almost. Yeah. Like, oh, that's a that I bet that's a like some kind of really interesting callback. Which I appreciate. Like I, I it, it makes sense in the context, and it's again, it's a really good callback where the exact same thing happens. Uh, yeah. Oh, and that's – yeah, that's what it was. And I, I have here uh, just kind of the central point at this. He craves – basically his desire is he wants people to think he's a good person over actually being a good person, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Like he, there, he knows what he's supposed to do. He knows what's right, but he'd rather people think he's doing what's right. Uh, and a line he says, I, I can't – I don't – remember who he said this to but the line is punch me i bleed 
Yeah. <laughs> kind of as like, like uh... signaling his humanity, basically like, look, I'm not, I'm not gonna be Spider-Man anymore. Uh, but it, yeah, again, yeah, all this happens. He has this weird dream, dream sequence. Uh, and the next thing we do see though is is kind of as he's trying to repair the relationships around him. Uh, he has an honest conversation with uh, with Aunt May, um, and he's kind of like, "Hey, Aunt May, I, uh, I'm, I basically like, I'm at least partially, and obviously he he fully blames himself, but I'm to blame for for Uncle Ben's death." Uh, so we see that hit her, uh, as, as well as we see Peter talking to MJ and things like that, uh, and and we I, I, again we see we see Spider Man at his lowest, which is yeah. one of the incredible things about this movie is I don't think we often we we don't get to spend I think a lot of time seeing heroes at their lowest in in really many other spy, uh superhero movies and w- I mean we get to see like weak Peter Parker for the majority the vast majority of this movie. Oh yeah. Which is just like it's a superhero movie where a superhero is maybe like a third of it. Maybe half. I'm probably exaggerating a little <laughs> bit, but still. And again, I think that's one of the things that makes this movie stand out so much more from a lot of the other, both Spider-Man movies and, in general, other superhero films. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I this, I mean, I'm trying to think, because I can't really compare it to many other Spider-Man movies, at least, because I have seen so few of them. But... <sighs> I think that this might be the lowest any Spider-Man gets in these movies. I think by far, yeah. Like, I, there are, of course, there are tragedies that happen to every iteration of Spider-Man that we get in all of the movies. But, like, this is, okay, his aunt just found out that Peter is kind of the reason that Uncle Ben died. And, uh, like, Peter's also dealing with, yeah, I'm re- kind of responsible for Norman Osborn's death. And now my, you know, my best friend, like, is mad at me. The girl that I love, like I like, she's mad at me now too, and that's right. like that's a whole other arc that they explore that I think was really interesting. But uh, it was just, yeah, it was so many things going wrong at once that it was just like, oh wow, this is bad. Yeah, yeah. It, it basically, life is throwing the punches a lot more than any villain is in this movie at all. Just just beating him down to a pulp, uh, which is what makes kind of what comes next just such an amazing moment uh we see kind of while he's at his lowest he's back over to aunt may's aunt may is getting ready to move out uh you know the city has run the headlines right spider-man is no more j jonah jameson has taken the suit he's wearing it let me tell you that is one of the most beautiful shots in the entire movie (laughs) is j jonah jameson standing on his desk in the spider-man suit (laughs) like it's just which is I think awesome too because it it humanizes him a little bit. Like he's still just like the biggest jerk, but like deep down he does have a little bit of a heart, almost, maybe, perhaps. Uh, and uh, anyway, as we see Aunt May kind of moving out and stuff. Uh, oh, she... you know what? Oh yeah. I wondered why that didn't sound right. That was in that was in the extended one. I didn't see that scene. Wait, what scene? Of Jameson wearing the Spider-Man suit. Wait, that is only in the extended edition? That looks like it is in... It looks like it. No. Because I, I would have remembered that, I Yeah, think. no, for sure. Yeah, I so, yeah, I, uh, I re-rented the movie on Amazon because I messed oh. up and didn't get a chance to watch it in the YouTube window, the initial rental we had. And it was the extended edition. That's actually really funny because I, I... It's cheesy and dumb, <laughs> but I thought it was a funny scene. It goes on a little too long, but... Uh, Oh, I did not know that. There you guys go. The uh, there, there's uh, so there's a theatrical edition and a like extended edition, and I I'm sure the theatrical edition is probably a little bit snappier, so I'd probably recommend that. But if you want to see the J. Jonah Jameson scene, probably just look it up on YouTube. That's the easiest way to do it. Uh, so yeah, that happens, which is a good time. <laughs> oh, I forgot about this. I'm so sorry. I... <laughs> okay, can I just bring something up real quick? Please do. Please do. In this movie, we are introduced to the original Spider-Man theme song by oh my gosh. a certain violin-playing character. That was the is, weirdest, like... Is that racist? I felt like it might have been. I was like, this seems offensive. I don't know. Like, I, like maybe it's not. I don't know. 
But I, no, that was, yeah, that was my not. first thought. I was just very uncomfortable. I was like, uh, this for isn't one thing, landing. her violin playing was terrible. Right. For another, her singing was terrible. It was so bad. Uh, well, and that's musically the uh, really musically that was my biggest complaint. But it was also <laughs> just like, I, this just seems a little unnecessary. And like, I I like sometimes when they've got the like theme song in the movie kind of thing yes but this was done so awkwardly like they're like what if we made yeah. it natural but then it was the opposite of natural it just felt yeah. very obtuse and out of place no i'm with you i completely forgot about that it's, that uh, that threw me for a loop good. and i was like oh i forgot how bad that was uh. it's not great it's not great um so yeah so so as we have aunt may kind of packing up her house ready to go she tells Peter, um, that, you know, I don't remember the exact line, but something along the lines of, look, to be a hero, sometimes you have to give up your dreams is basically Mm -hmm. the point. Uh, and it kind of hits him that, look, I, uh, I, I can't have what I want and do the right thing. Like those aren't always going to be compatible. And so to be the hero that I need to be, that the city needs me to be, that MJ, that aunt may, and that even Harry needs me to be. I have to give up those things that I want to be the hero I need to be. Uh, and uh, and he he steals the suit back, you know, leaves the note that says, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I believe he says the line, I'm back. Which is just <laughs> yeah. amazing. So this is, this. I wrote this down. I really, I, I couldn't tell if I loved or hated this scene. It's when he is like, He's like, okay, am I really going to, like, am I going to try to be Spider-Man again? And, uh, so yeah, he, he, like, jumps off the building, and he's like, I'm back, I'm back! And then he just falls and, like, hits a couple of cars and, like, a fire escape on the way down. And then he gets up and he goes, my back, my back. (laughs) That, I was like, I mean, I get what they were going for, but it Uh. didn't hit, like, it was... (laughs) <laughs> and again, I think it's because it's Tobey Maguire. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I think it is. Man. <laughs> well, like it made it cheesy. Like, and I feel bad because he's not a bad Spider-Man, but it's a little painful. It was a little painful. I'm with you there. I'm with you yeah. there. Uh, which again is good because it, it it wasn't this like oh my gosh he had the inspirational speech and then he's instantly back. Like he still very much had to build himself back. Uh, as we're oh, gonna yeah. do everything. Um, so uh, eventually we see him, uh, obviously Doc Ock, right. Comes for him kind of a thing. Uh, we, uh, we see him go back and forth. Um, and, uh, I'm trying to figure out when this is at some point, Doc Ock, when is this? I'm trying to remember when all of this happens. Sorry guys. I think I messed up the movie. Uh, when does, when does he have uh, lunch with MJ? This is... That's, like, the next thing that happens, right? I think so. Yes. Okay, so... Yeah, so that happens. Okay, then we find out that... Um, we find out that Mary Jane is now engaged to J. Jonah Jameson's son, who is an astronaut for some reason. Yeah. Cool. Just, like, magically his son is just, like, this massive, like, success in life. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I would also like to point out, uh, there's the the point where MJ tries the upside down kiss with uh, John Jameson. Yes, maybe the most awkward scene in that movie. It was very unnecessary. It was just. I thought it was weird. a little bit funny though. It was funny, but it was just like it was. Okay. It was a little weird. It was a, it little, was a little weird. weird. But it does uh, kind of set up for their lunch later on. That's true. When they're hanging out. Uh, and basically, because uh, uh, up to this point, I forget when it is. Obviously, I've completely botched the plot of this movie by now. You were supposed to watch it before you listen to this podcast, all right? Um, you, uh, uh, spoiler alert. I, yeah, I definitely remember to put that at the beginning for sure. <laughs> Look, if you if you click on a <laughs> podcast that's over an hour long for a movie that came out uh, 15 years ago, you 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 that's your spoiler warning, okay? That's your spoiler warning. Um so uh, after uh, – at some point, he basically tells MJ that he loves her, and then later they have this lunch, and he's basically like, um, actually, I guess I don't love you. 
because and he does you know but because he's like in his head yeah. he's like well i have to be spider-man again so then i can't love her and be spider-man kind of a thing and she gets like obviously she's upset and things like that he's like i'm sorry and she stares at him and basically she's like hey uh i think she says kiss me or something like that yeah. and he's like what and she's like do it and then right before they kiss uh what should fly through the door but a, but a car a full-size car. Right through the window. So he dives, saves Mary Jane, uh, and who else would it be but Doc Ock? Back again for one final showdown, right? He's got to get Spider-Man, deliver him to uh, uh, Harry Osborn, and uh, uh, get the, the serum that he needs. So uh, eventually, if I remember correctly, he uh, he kidnaps Mary Jane uh, and Peter Parker then changes to Spider-Man, runs over, uh, you know, meets him at the clock tower. The battle ensues. They go back and forth. Uh, and they, they end up fighting on a subway train. Uh, Octavius screws up the train, so it's going to run off the tracks. And we have the famous uh, Spider-Man yeah. catching the train himself. <laughs> he stops it. Uh, in the process, he ends up having to take his mask off. Uh, and, and we see him, as he stops the train, he, like, loses consciousness and stuff. And all of the, the people on the train, like, carry him and then set him down. And he eventually wakes yeah. up. Uh, and, and, again, that's that's where the, the carefully he's a hero meme kind of comes from. <laughs> uh, also, this is this whole scene is another, like, yeah, New York scene. It's like uh No, that literally, yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's this movie's version of when the people from New York started throwing things at Green Goblin in the first movie. That's exactly what it is. Uh, it kind of this, also like... Also, the music in this scene was incredible. Oh, it was, it was so just, good. It was very Honestly, good. the music for this movie, I thought, was on par like just super solid yeah it was um, very good i i really enjoyed it he uh he wakes up and the people kind of agree hey we won't tell anybody but but it's clear like he him being spider-man right has inspired all of these people uh and they kind of try to defend him when doc ock shows back up they obviously you know they're not able to uh doc ock takes spider-man uh they go back and forth they fight uh eventually doc ock takes the the now weakened spider-man to Harry Osborn, and then he runs off to, to you know, create nuclear fusion again as he's being controlled by these arms. Uh, Harry's there with Peter. He pulls the mask off of Spider-Man, and who is it but his good friend Peter Parker? Uh, he's, he's, you know, taken aback. He falls down. He, he just can't believe. He's in disbelief, all these things. And Peter is, like, and, oh, and it, this is it's really good. He's like, Harry, there's more important things right now than you and I. Where is Doc Ock? Like, just, like, flat out tells Harry off, and it's like, yo, you punk, get out of the way, I got more important things to do right now. Okay, this is interesting, because I actually have the opposite uh, view of this. Okay, no, that, yeah, okay, how, how do you, like... I actually thought that was terrible. Okay, that's fair. Because Harry's like, wait, you killed my dad? And Peter just changes the subject. <laughs> he doesn't tell him the truth and go, like... No, your dad was going to kill me, and so I... Like, he doesn't explain things right. to Harry, which, like, I don't know if Harry would have believed it, mm -hmm. but well, and I at, think... least, at least he could have told the truth, but instead he just goes, oh, we'll talk about this later. Where's Mary Jane? Right. Well, but... I, and that's fair, but I, I think the point of this scene was kind of this, like, he's done being Peter Parker kind of thing. He's He's like, look... I, I want to protect my family. I want to protect my friends. But at the end of the day, I can't be Peter Parker and Spider-Man. I have to be Spider-Man. And so he's basically like, look, I'll deal with Peter Parker later, later if and when I get to that. Right now I'm Spider-Man, and I have to save the city, and I have to save Mary Jane kind of a thing. I, I think it's kind of how I interpret that scene. Like, I, I totally get that, but I, I think that's the perspective I saw it from. Sure, I think that's fair. So, But, but in any case... Uh, Kind of as as this like kind of stuns Harry for a while. Uh, we see Spider Man zip out, and we get the final showdown on this random weird shack on the water, which I don't completely understand where it came from. I, it was like Doc Ock's old shack thing, but it's it's just weird on the water. Anyway, I, I guess I don't know. Uh, I I definitely didn't pay enough attention to to what was happening with that. But anyway, we have kind of this final showdown. Uh, you know, it's your typical superhero, all this kind of stuff. Um, and, and, you know, Peter finally realizes what's happened that the kind of the neural transmitter 
or whatever it was has been broken. So the arms have basically been corrupting Doc Ock. But he kind of has he, – he, he tries to talk sense into him at the very end. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, Peter, you know, has, he's kind of learned, right, that doing the right thing means giving up what means most to him sort of a thing. And Doc Ock realizes what his creation has done, that, you know, all of his life's work, right, that it's going to destroy everybody. And so he, he kind of learns the same lesson Peter does and realizes, hey, I have to give this up. And uh, the very last line is, I will not die a monster. Such a good line. Oh, my gosh. It's beautiful. And, again, Doc Ock is just such an incredible villain. And he's very well portrayed. portrayed. Uh, The uh, Alfred Molina, I believe, was the actor, uh, just does such a good job. And he he says the line and then throws himself and his life's work into the sea uh, so that it it won't hurt anybody. And it's amazing. Uh, It's beautiful. We see that finish. we the movie starts to wrap up as Spider-Man and Mary Jane are kind of sitting on this crane. Uh, they're they're on the web, uh, which is which is just fun on the crane. They're having yes. a conversation. That was I mean, good. I, I loved that. I was like, oh, that, was I forgot about that. Cool. That was that was I don't know, just fun playing with the with, with just some of the Spider-Man tropes and stuff like that. They uh, they have a conversation about their relationship, and basically Peter's like, look, I can't, you know, I can't be Spider-Man and love you kind of a thing i have to let you go because that's the right thing to do sort of a thing and uh they they part ways and such and uh you know the the movie kind of closes to black and then opens back up we see mary jane on her wedding day uh her and uh i forget his name but j jonah jameson's son john john thank you john jameson uh ready of course it would be another (laughs) j literally (laughs) um they're they're getting ready to get married she's you know got her dress on all these things and we jump to and i I feel i've always feel bad when this happens in movies uh we see uh john jameson standing uh by himself and then we see somebody run up and hand him a note uh as the wedding starts to disband and dude, that man got ditched at the altar. And here's the thing: he didn't do anything wrong. Like he was a no. nice dude. That man was successful. In he life. was like he was actually a good guy. Like I, so I very much feel bad for him uh. in every sense of the word. Uh, MJ is heartless. I have to say, very heartless. She really is. But as Spider-Man fans, we don't care. Because Frick she yeah! Was a, running across uh, a New York City in a wedding dress. <laughs> that. I mean, it's New York City. Maybe that's normal. I have no idea. Maybe. I don't know. But <laughs> it, I thought that was strange. It was a little weird. And um, her dress is – oh, my gosh. It's it's so poofy. It, it's very strange. It's, it's obnoxiously um, poofy. My girlfriend confirmed it looked terrible. Okay. okay. <laughs> I got a second opinion. This is female approved. It's too poofy. It, she was like, well, that's way – she, she said her, it looked like uh, uh, Amy Adams from Enchanted. That's what it looked like, which is a movie where the dress <laughs> never, is purposefully obtuse. Like I've never watched, I've never watched it, but I've seen like the trailer when it was gonna come out, and yes, that is exactly what it looks like. Yeah, that it just just way over the top. Uh, so, but we see her run across, uh, and she uh, she finds Spider Man uh, together at the end. Um, they uh, they uh, they kiss, and then uh, in the background. You hear sirens running, uh, and Mary Jane says the line. She says, yeah. go get him, tiger. And I was like, yeah. yeah. So good. So good. Uh, and he swings across in uh, what is definitely the worst CGI of the movie. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and and the movie fades to black. And, uh, and that's what happens. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2. So, Lucas. You've never seen this movie before. What did no. you think of Spider-Man 2? It was definitely better than the first one. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely better than the first one. It was... I had just a great time watching it. It was a fun movie. Uh, the different... Like, the, you had the main story, then you had the, the separate little storylines running through it, and they just... They handled that, I think, pretty well. Um, I think Doc Ock was... It was a great villain. They portrayed him really, really well. Uh, I don't know. Other than other than kind of how it aged, and the fact that a five year old can't pull a grown man out of a burning building, <laughs> I don't really have a lot of complaints about this movie. 
That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And that's again, this is you're you're for the first time you're seeing a 15 year old superhero movie, and I that's every, literally everything you said is a testament to why I think Spider Man Two is such a good movie. Um, obviously, we're gonna watch through the rest of these, and so I'm not ready to say whether this is the best Spider-Man movie or not. Um, Again, certainly better than one, but I definitely think of any superhero movie I've watched, this might have the best, like, themes and message at the Mm -hmm. end of it. Uh, And again, I'd have to think more closely about that. But I, again, it it hammers home the central theme of Spider-Man better than I I think any Spider-Man movie has. This idea of giving up of the things of your desires, your wants, your dreams for the good of others, uh, which has, has always been, I think what's made Spider-Man such an amazing superhero um, mm-hmm. is his real struggle with that. Right. It, it's, it's not even just that he has to do that. It's that like, he doesn't want to do that. He's, he's another person, right? He's a college student. He, he has dreams, he has goals, he has aspirations, but him, him realizing what it takes to be a real hero um, has a lot less to do with his powers and a lot more to do with the decisions he makes. And yeah. it's really interesting. I think that, that that theme of trying to balance a normal life and fighting crime or being a superhero or or serving or whatever, I think that could apply to other other characters. I mean, think about let's think about Captain America for a second. Uh, who I tie a lot of things I, back I to love that we, we watched a movie that came out 10 years before Captain America and you still <laughs> found a way to bring him into this that's beautiful Look, I, I respect that I respect, so I respect you so much I respect you so much thank you <laughs> I want you to imagine for a moment right Steve Rogers he is imbued with great power and he has the great responsibility of stopping Hydra and like saving the world and winning World War II Okay, yeah. he is he is completely ripped out of any possibility of having a normal life when he wakes up in the 21st century and then his whole life becomes fighting terrorism, saving the world from Hydra again, fighting aliens from space and then ultimately saving, you know, the universe. Yeah, I, th- I think that any hero like I think I think. I think that he would have found himself in a similar situation uh, had he not fallen into the ice uh, in 1945. I think that's just, I think that would be an interesting parallel to see, you know, almost a what if, and I'm sure it's out there somewhere, but a what if, if like, uh, I'm trying to think how that would look if, if Spider-Man's role in that was reversed, where like he gets sent into the future or he gets sent somewhere else where he he can't go back to Peter Parker anymore. He has to just be Spider-Man. Like, I just, I think that would be really interesting to see. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I actually, uh, that's a really good point you bring up Captain America. Cause I think, I think he's definitely the superhero that, uh, is closest with this. Obviously he's, uh, he's an adult, you know, by the time a lot of the things happen to him, but I think that's exactly it. The, the fact that you you have both of those superheroes right Peter, uh, you know Spider-Man had to give up Peter Parker and Captain America had to give up Steve Rogers in order to do what they were able to do right to save the people they were able to save things like that uh, actually I think that's that's awesome I think that's a fantastic parallel thank you and I'm sorry I know I know that was a little bit of a no, no, a no. little bit of a rabbit trail but I think I just I my point is it's really cool to see in this movie like you said the idea of Peter Parker having to deal with basically two different lives. He, he's trying to live a normal, happy life as Peter Parker, but because of his Uncle Ben and everything else that he feels responsible for, he feels like he's responsible for helping New York and helping make it a better place by fighting crime and, you know, stopping, uh, you know, maniacs with nuclear reactors. I mean, that's just, I think, I think this, that's what makes... Spider-Man is such a great character. I 100% agree. I don't think I could have said it better myself. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, that is Spider-Man 2 of the Sam Raimi trilogy, 2004. Um, Let's go ahead and rank this Spider-Man. Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2. Lucas, you go first. Which one do you think is on top? (laughs) Absolutely, Spider-Man 2 is on top. I I think it's unanimous. Yeah, we're both going to go with Spider-Man 2 on top. Uh... 
both fun films, but this one definitely holds up so much better than the first one does. Uh, does. Now, I had another idea. Um, what if uh, what if we ranked the Stan Lee cameos? Ooh. All right. I think we should. Let's go for it. And if it gets bad, we'll drop it and not talk about it ever again. Um, okay. But so if you remember, both of both of these Stanley cameos were terrible by modern standards. <laughs> uh, the last one, he was like running from the Green Goblin in a crowd of people. Uh, this one, he was saving a woman from falling debris during uh, kind of when uh, Spider-Man and Doc Ock are, are fighting. I got to I got to give the cameo award to Spider-Man 2 as well. I'm going to I'm going to have to give that as well. He's just he's actually doing something. It's like for half a second, but he's actually doing something in this one. The yes. other one he's just kind of there and moving away from danger. So, right. I'll give it to that. I but- also I want to give bonus points to Spider-Man 2 real quick. Anyone that knows me knows that I love jazz music. I love guys like I. Okay, let me rephrase this. <laughs> you, that's, I love listening. That's, okay, well, to the male that's voice cool, singing I guess. jazz music. <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta give Spider-Man Two all of the bonus points for including Michael Bublé during the credits singing the Spider-Man theme song. Wait, what? Yes. When was it's a this? Real thing. It's a real thing. Dude, I completely missed that. Yeah. Anyone anyone that's listening, if you have access to watching Spider-Man 2, and if you like Michael Buble and you don't know this, you are in for a treat. Just oh go to the credits. Gosh. It's towards the end of the credits. Treat yourself. It's a lot It's a lot of fun. I'm going to have to look this up later because that sounds amazing. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good, dude. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And on that note, uh, maybe I'll try to find that music and, uh, and close out the uh, – the show with that in any case michael uh, michael michael buble if you're listening sir please don't like copyright strike us please don't strike us we're we're sharing your music everyone go listen to michael buble we're giving him free advertising right now his music is incredible what a voice what a movie so good so good so many levels uh what did you guys think of it let us know uh you can reach us um probably on twitter is the best place to do that uh i am at jp kilcrease and lucas at lucas d lawrence fantastic and the links to both of those twitters will be in our description uh yeah so feel free to to shout back at us be like yeah you're right yeah you're stupid whatever else you want to say uh and any suggestions you have for the show things we could do to make it better uh we'd love to hear from you uh until next time when we'll be talking about spider-man 3 closing out the sam raimi trilogy uh i've never actually seen that movie so I am excited to finally watch it all the way through. Obviously, it'll be Lucas. It'll be your first time watching it as well. Yeah. We'll have a good old time. Until then, you'll have a fantastic week. Bye-bye.